It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Do you know about the USA? Do you know about the government? Can you tell me about the Constitution? Hey, learn about the USA. Andy Farnsworth is giving us the look from the hallway on our re-entry there. Yes, it is Constitution Day today. <laughs> he can't quite figure out that song. <laughs> uh, it is Constitution Day. It is a day worth celebrating and uh, remembering all that went into uh, that important day in history, uh, September 17, 1787, when they signed the U.S. Constitution. And uh, from that moment to now, uh, that has been the supreme law of the land. Of course, we've had uh, amendments uh, within you know a very short period of time. Uh, we added uh, the uh, Bill of Rights and all of those amendments. And and uh, to me, the interesting thing is is the places that we go with the Constitution. It's uh, it's it's referenced and invoked in so many different ways uh, for for both sides of the political spectrum, uh, which I think is great. That's part of what makes America extraordinary is you can have a single document that differing points of view can all lay claim to. Uh, that is actually what unites us as citizens, uh, is this founding document uh, that gives us a framework from which to function. Now, the struggle to live up to the principles contained in the document, that's, uh, that's never-ending, and a lot of challenges there for sure. So I, I think it's uh, important today that we, we look at it and how we got there. Uh, many of you who listen to this program have heard me share uh, a, uh, a simple philosophy that we often used in Washington, D.C., and it was this idea of Boston to Philadelphia. And we would talk about Boston in the context of those early colonists that had just had it. They were tired of being overtaxed, overregulated, a big government that was in a distant land, uh, that was way too intrusive into their lives. And so they, they did what Americans do. They protested. Uh, but had they stopped there, had they had they stopped at just protest, what we celebrate as the Boston Tea Party uh, wouldn't even have been a footnote in history. I mean, really, it just would have been one more angry mob shouting at a big oppressive government. But they didn't. They marched it forward. And it took them 17 years. 17 years to get from Boston, where they protested against the kind of government they didn't want, to get to Philadelphia in 1787, where after a very long, hot summer and a lot of debate and a lot of compromise, they put down the kind of government they did want in the form of the U.S. Constitution. And we know that wasn't the end. That was really just the end of the beginning. Uh, there were debates to be had. It had to be ratified. Uh, we know the Federalist Papers were uh, an extraordinary look uh, at why that document mattered and why it was a, a good founding document for the country. 
And so when we look at that, uh, to me, it's just an important reminder for all of us. It's easy to get focused and even obsessed on what we're against. But what we really got to get to is what are we for? What are we for? And for political parties and political candidates, uh, it's easy to obsess on what you're against. And we'll see a lot of that between now and the first Tuesday of November. We're going to see a a lot of people shouting a lot of things about what they're against. And some of the Democrats are going to shout how much they're against President Trump and his policies and his style and his tweets. And you're going to see a lot of Republicans who are going to campaign against Joe Biden, against Nancy Pelosi, against the elites, against the California and New York philosophy, and on and on and on it goes. So one important thing for all of us to remember as voters is it's pretty easy to tell what someone is against. And I'm looking at the TV screen right now, and I can see four different commercials on that are all what someone is against. (laughs) Negative ads against their opponent. And the only thing I want to know is tell me what you're for. Don't give me your Boston battle. I get it. I know what you're against. Tell me what you're for. Give me a Philadelphia vision of the principles, of the policies, of the vision you have for the future. Because if we we can't do that, then what took place 233 years ago when they signed the Constitution of the United States, signed by the delegates at the Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia, we're not going anywhere. And we're going to continue to be mired in the muck of all the division, all the divisiveness. Uh, Coming up at 1135, we're going to revisit some of my conversation from yesterday with uh, Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs from the UK. Uh, Extraordinary, extraordinary mind and a, a great leader around the world. And we're going to talk about some of these issues and how they actually apply, how we can actually come together, how we can come together for the common good in a time of great division. What are those principles? What are those values? What are those character traits that not only we should be looking for in our elected officials, but that we should be looking at the mirror and making sure we can see within ourselves? Uh, Easy to point out all the flaws of everybody else. It's the mirror check. (laughs) The mirror check is always the test. And, you know, the thing that that I think about when I think about that constitutional convention and, you know, my my family on uh, on the 4th of July, we (laughs) we don't have a lot of big traditions, uh, but we always watch uh, the video A More Perfect Union, uh, which, of course, was about that coming together, that constitution uh, and all that it took. And we know that from the outset, uh, the delegates at that convention convention, uh, they clashed over all kinds of things from how big and how strong a centralized power should be. They talked about the principles of of states' rights and the the federalism. Uh, It's interesting, the uh, the Library of Congress reports that uh, fears of creating a too powerful central authority ran high. The convention tackled basic issues, including the essential structure, structure of the government, the basis of representation, and the regulation of interstate trade, which was a, such a big part of it. The the trade component was so important. And, of course, the discussions continued uh, long after the document was signed. 
Um, it took, I believe it was nine months uh, from the time it was signed until it was ratified by the states. And within two years, uh, the initial document, uh, there were already 10 major am- amendments, as we've talked about with the Bill of Rights. And so it was about that change. It was about that march forward. It was a- about making sure we can get to the right place in, in terms of framing the country. And sadly, I think so much of what we see today and what we hear today about the country uh, is very negative. It is about the divisive nature of the politics. And I continue to passionately, firmly believe that we are not that divided as a nation. You go back to those core principles. Everybody agrees on those. Uh, I often use the example of, of immigration. Everyone believes we are just so divided on immigration and I'm here to tell you, we're, we're just not. Uh, in fact, it was the most surprising thing to me when I went back to Washington uh, as a non-political person, uh, going back from someone who had done business consulting for 20 years. Uh, but to go to Capitol Hill and to realize, holy cow, we could probably solve 94.5% of immigration in an afternoon on the floor of the House and the Senate because everybody agrees Everybody agrees we need to have a border. Everybody knows that we need to make it easier to come into the country legally. Everyone knows we need an entry and an exit system so we can tell who comes in and who goes out. Uh, I mean, surely if if Disneyland can tell me where my family is in the park at any moment, any time for three days, surely, surely the most powerful country in the world can tell you who comes in and who goes out. And we can have compassion. Uh, No one is more compassionate than the American people. And so if we just did those things that everybody agrees on, most of the rest of the problems take care of themselves. Some people say, well, what what about those that are already here illegally? Well, just do some simple math. Uh, Pick a number. Let's say the uh, number that are here illegally is 10 million. Who knows? Could be more. But let's say it's 10 million. So if we fix all the other pieces of the system that actually incent people to come here legally and have a process that is fair, that is swift and certain. So then we could probably cut that number in half. And so let's say that takes it down to 5 million. And from 5 million, you can say, okay, well, even if you said that half of those people were thugs and bad guys, guess what? The American people know what to do with thugs and bad guys. And so that would leave you with another 2.5 million. And guess what? They're probably pretty sympathetic cases. And the American people are so compassionate, they will know exactly what to do with them. So there you go. Solved immigration. It took us two minutes and 63 seconds. So I guess that makes it three minutes and three seconds if we do our math appropriately. Anyway, there's a lot to be grateful for. There's a lot to celebrate. Uh, It's Constitution Day. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we'll continue my conversation with Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs. You don't want to miss this. Stay with us on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.